Section 6 of Rough Notes Taken During Some Rapid Journeys Across the Pampas and Among the Andes by Francis Bond Head. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Pampas Returned to the Fonda in the evening at ten o'clock and found the two horses standing in the yard with nothing to eat and a young gaucho who was to accompany me as postilion lying on the ground asleep on his saddle next morning before daybreak got up saddled my horse and with my saddle as my bed and some pistols and money commenced my gallop for buenos aires country to be described delightful feeling of independence at the mode of travelling air frosty and ground hard the sun rose and shortly after got to the first post had a letter for the lady from her husband who was at mendoza went to give it to her while the gaucho who was to accompany me was driving the horses into the corral found the lady in bed siéntese senor said she pointing to an old chair which was at the head of the bed, sat down and told her the letter was from her husband. She placed it under her pillow and then offered me some mate, but I had no time to wait for it and started. At third post from Mendoza, the postmaster, who might be exhibited in England as a curious specimen of an indolent man, to everything I said replied, See. Si it was but an aspiration and he seemed never to have said any other word i had twice passed his house and it was always the same see galloped on with no stopping but merely to change horses until five o'clock in the evening very tired indeed but on coming to the post hut saw the horses in the corral and resolved to push on started with a fresh horse and a young gaucho who singing as he went galloped like the wind the sun set and it got so dark that for more than an hour i expected that every moment the boy would get away from me as the road was rough and through wood at half past seven after having galloped a hundred and fifty-three miles and been fourteen hours and a half on horseback got to the post found the hut occupied by some people who had arrived in a carriage quite exhausted nothing to eat asked for bread they had none i really could scarcely speak carried my saddle into a shed two children asleep and one black girl lay down upon the ground and instantly fell asleep was awakened in two or three hours by the woman of the post who had brought me some soup with meat in it eat it all up and again dropped off to sleep an hour before daylight was awakened by the gaucho who was to go with me vamos senor said he in a sharp impatient tone of voice got up had some mate mounted my horse and as i galloped along felt pleased that the sun which had left me the evening before thirty miles nearer mendoza should find me at my work at first post detained fifteen minutes for horses the stage the longest between mendoza and buenos aires being fifty-one miles 
the woman would only give me one spare horse which we drove before us galloped my horse till he came to a standstill and then got on the fresh one and left the postilion behind in about an hour this other horse quite done up by constant spurring could just keep him in a canter at last down he fell and my foot hung in the stirrup my long spur was also entangled in the sheepskin which was above my saddle saw by the panting of the horse's flank and nostrils that he was too tired to be off with me mounted and cantered him till he fell down on my other leg and i was then lame on both legs overtook a boy driving some loose horses took one of them and my horse was driven among the flock until we came to the post postmaster very kind and ordered a gaucho to give me an easy-going horse as both my legs hurt me very much started with a boy but our horses were done up before we got to san luis obliged to walk part of the distance and then by kicking and spurring got into san luis just as the sun set see description of the post-house and town of san luis at san luis was advised by groups of people not to go on by myself as the courier and postilion from buenos aires with their horses and a dog had just been found on the road with their throats cut advised to join the courier who was just setting out for buenos aires accordingly next morning started with the courier and three peons as guards all armed with old pistols and guns courier a little old man of about fifty-five years of age had been riding all his life had a face like a withered apple carried his pistol in his hand told me he was father to the courier who had just been murdered that he was his only son that he had just succeeded in getting him the appointment that he was nineteen and that it was his first journey as courier that he had no pistols not even a knife that it was barbarous to kill him that he must have died like a lamb etc etc this story he repeated at every post hut and people were so fond of asking for it and he so willing to give it that we lost many minutes at each post he would relate it to anybody at one post he told it to a great rough mongrel-looking fellow who was sitting on a stone while a little girl was combing his woolly hair in dos said the little girl who had divided his hair at the back of his head and who proposed to plait it into two tails see grunted her father half asleep and nodding his head as he listened to the courier's story we therefore rode all day and only went a hundred and two miles next morning off before sunrise and took a postilion and travelling by myself got on much quicker but the horses still weak and in the whole day could only proceed a hundred and ten miles two more days rode from morning till night sleeping on the ground with nothing to eat but beef at last came to that part of the province of santa fe near which the courier had been murdered 
the postmaster refused to give me horses to go on unless i could find a guard as he said the postilions would not go by themselves he insisted on my waiting for the courier and i accordingly lost half a day as he did not arrive till night next morning at daybreak got up saw the poor old courier lying on his saddle he had a cigar in his mouth and for a long time he remained on his back praying and crossing himself started with the master of the post an additional gaucho and the postilion all armed very little conversation as we approached the spot it appeared as if they all expected that the salteadores robbers would be there after riding some leagues left the road and galloped through the dry grass towards a small black-looking hut in ruins it was one of those which had been burnt by the indians and the whole family had been murdered in it when we got to it i looked around me and no other hut or habitation was to be seen there were no cattle and when a few gamas deer which for a few moments were in sight had fled away we were left completely to ourselves and not a bird or any animal was to be seen we were in the center of a deserted province we galloped up to the hut it was built of large unbaked bricks and mud the roof had been burnt one of the gables had fallen to half its height the other looked nearly falling one wall had fallen and we all rode up to this side of the hut close to us there was a deep well into which the salteadores had thrown all the bodies first the courier and postilion then the dog and then the horses the carcasses of the horses lay before us they were nearly eaten up by the eagles and biscachas the dog had not been touched he was a very large one and from the heat of the weather he was now bloated up to a size quite extraordinary his throat was cut and in my life i never saw so much expression in the countenance of a dead animal his lip was curled up and one could not but fancy that it expressed the feelings of rage and fidelity under which he had evidently fought to the last in the hut lay the bodies of the courier and postilion with their throats cut they had been taken out of the well by some gauchos they were barely covered over with some of the loose bricks from the wall some pieces of the courier's poncho were lying about as also several of the covers of the letters which the murderers had opened in the centre of the hut were the white ashes of a fire which they had kindled at the corner of the hut stood a solitary peach tree in blossom its contrast with the scene before us was very striking the old courier said something to the postmaster who immediately climbed upon the ruined wall and threw down some loose bricks he fell burst of laughter we all got off our horses and we covered the bodies over with bricks con que senores said the old man haremos un oracion para el difunto we all took off our hats 
and stood round the pile opposite were our horses looking at us the old man had thrown the handkerchief off his head and his beard which was of four days growth was quite white he stood over the body of his only son and offered up some prayer to which all the gauchos joined their responses i joined and crossed myself with them for as the courier looked at me i was anxious to assist in alleviating the sorrows of the old man and entertaining my own feelings which it is not necessary to describe as soon as the ceremony was over it lasted about two minutes we put on our hats con que senores said the old man and after a long pause vamos said he upon which the party split into groups to light cigars i had scarcely lighted mine when the old man came up to light his his son's body was at our feet but he put his face close to mine and as he was sucking and blowing with that earnestness of countenance which is only known to those who are in the habit of lighting a cigar i could not help thinking what an odd scene was before me however we mounted our horses i took a last farewell look at the peach tree and we then all galloped across the dry brown grass to regain the road and the few minutes of time which we had thus spent in the hut at some distance i saw a boy riding through the thistles and clover and as he was swinging horizontally above his head the bolas or balls i perceived he was hunting for ostriches and i therefore rode up to him he was a black boy of about fourteen years of age slight and well made but with scarcely anything on except the remains of a scarlet poncho i asked him several questions where he expected to find the ostriches etc 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 to which he gave me no answer but continued swinging the bolus around his head and looking about him i was asking him some other insignificant questions when he cut me short by asking me if i would sell my spurs and before i had time to reply an ostrich was in sight and he darted away from me like an arrow i was just at the moment among a group of biscacheras my horse fell and before i had got clear of them the boy was on the horizon and from the contempt with which he had left me i did not feel inclined to follow him the viscacha is found all over the plains of the pampas like rabbits they live in holes which are in groups in every direction and which make galloping over these plains very dangerous the manner however in which the horses recover themselves when the ground over these subterranean galleries gives way is quite extraordinary in galloping after the ostriches my horse has constantly broken in sometimes with a hind leg and sometimes with a fore one he has even come down on his nose and yet recovered however the gauchos occasionally meet with very serious accidents i have often wondered how the wild horses could gallop about as they do in the dark but i really believe they avoid the holes by smelling them 
for in riding across the country when it has been so dark that i positively could not see my horse's ears i have constantly felt him in his gallop start a foot or two to the right or left as if he had trod upon a serpent which i conceive was to avoid one of these holes yet the horses do very often fall and certainly in the few months i was in the pampas i got more falls than i ever before had though in the habit of riding all my life the gauchos are occasionally killed by these viscacheras and often break a limb in the middle of the pampas i once found a gaucho standing at the hut with his left hand resting on the palm of his other hand and apparently suffering great pain he told me his horse had just fallen with him in a biscachera and he begged me to look at his hand the large muscle of the thumb was very much swelled and every time i touched it with my forefinger the poor fellow opened his mouth and lifted up one of his legs being quite puzzled with one side of his hand i thought i would turn it round and look at the other side and upon doing so it was instantly evident that the thumb was out of joint i asked him if there was any doctor near the gaucho said he believed there was one at cordova but as it was five hundred miles off he might as well have pointed to the moon is there no person said i nearer than cordova that understands anything about it no ay senor said the poor fellow i asked him what he intended to do with his thumb he replied that he had washed it with salt and water and then he earnestly asked me if that was good for it see si, see si, see si, said i walking away in despair for i thought it was useless to hint to him that not all the water in the wide rude sea would put his thumb into its joint and although i knew it ought to be pulled yet one is so ignorant of such operations that not knowing in what direction i therefore left the poor fellow looking at his thumb in the same attitude in which i found him but to return to the viscachas these animals are never to be seen in the day but as soon as the lower limb of the sun reaches the horizon they are seen issuing from their holes in all directions which are scattered in groups like little villages all over the pampas the viscachas when full grown are nearly as large as badgers but their head resembles a rabbit excepting that they have very large bushy whiskers in the evening they sit outside their holes and they all appear to be moralizing they are the most serious-looking animals i ever saw and even the young ones are gray-headed have mustachios and look thoughtful and grave in the daytime their holes are always guarded by two little owls who are never an instant away from their posts as one gallops by these owls they always stand looking at the stranger and then at each other moving their old-fashioned heads in a manner which is quite ridiculous 
until one rushes by them when fear gets the better of their dignified looks and they both run into the viscacha's hole end of section six